I am I Love Lucy on the Water, and yes, I have red hair. I am extremely good at dock fishing. I'm probably the best in Tampa Bay at dock fishing, and, and I say that. I challenge anybody to catch a bigger dock than I've caught. I've caught some beautiful sailboats, a couple of engines. I mean, I'm really good at it. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing in the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your host, coming to you from the Lance Chuck Camper Mobile Podcast Studio, Master Captain Angie Scott. Pamela Worth, welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast. I'm so excited to have you as a guest. Well, thank you for the invitation. I was I was thrilled when I got your text inviting me. So yeah, that was very cool. Thank I'm, you. I'm just sorry we haven't been able to do it sooner, or maybe even in person. I just got back from Florida myself uh, after the temps dropped, um, but I'm back up in Nashville now. So we'll have to meet up at some point whenever I get back down there. Yeah, let me know. That would be fun. I, I'm I'll always have an extra kayak. Put her around in. Yeah, great. You know, my first uh, hearing your story, I just can't wait for for you to to share with with our audience. But my first kayak fishing experience ever was out on an, um, a Hobie out of La Jolla in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. <laughs> it was pretty pretty intimidating, but uh, probably not for for you <laughs> as much as <laughs> as it was for me. But um, so you you grew up in Florida, right? Yeah, I grew okay. up in Florida. I'm from a large family. I have uh, three brothers and three sisters, so that's seven of us. Wow! And one of the things we used to do a lot was fishing. It was just a family event that we did, and uh, I still remember like my first cane pole. I knew that that was funny, but uh, going into the bait shop and dad said, okay, everybody pick your pole out. And that next day we went out to uh, like a little dock on the new river uh-huh. and uh, fished for hours. It was great. It was a time where my brother and my sister and I would get on our bikes. We'd pedal like five miles to the little bait store on Davy Boulevard in Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. by what I used to call uh like a little Asian box size of frozen shrimp, mm-hmm. like you'd get your leftovers in, and then pedal another five y- uh, miles over to the intercoastal, sit on the seawall next to the drawbridge, <laughs> and fish the whole day. Wow. Okay. If you did that today, HR, you know, you would be called in for, my mom would have been called in for, you know, neglecting right. your children or something. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so did fishing always play a big role in your life or did you kind of drift away from it at some point or? Yeah, it was it was kind of back and forth throughout okay. my life. Um, I left it for years and years and years, you know, profession, mom, mm-hmm. you know, wife, mom, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, for about 38 years, I was in the mortgage banking business, which is very high stress, very high stress. Yeah. You're, um, you need to avail- be available 24-7, have your cell phone with you, your, in the early days, your pager. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I had to walk away from dinner. And, of course, my husband would always make fun of it. Oh, uh, there she goes again. We can't even have a simple dinner together. <laughs> I mean, but uh, I, somebody said, you should go kayak fishing. It's great stress relief. So I found a guide in the Tampa Bay area 
and uh, I got these cute little shorts, black shorts, and this cute little black shirt and a little hat. And I thought, oh, I look cute, right? <laughs> and um, I got there and everybody was in fishing clothes. And I stepped out of the car and I looked around and I go, I am not dressed appropriately, am I? And they all started laughing. <laughs> I want to tell you, that was one of the worst sunburns oh. I've ever had in my life. <laughs> but I got I got hooked. I mean, it happened to be, I was blessed that I happened to find somebody that was and used artificials. And uh, I've just been hooked ever since. I love artificials. I love getting up first thing in the morning getting on the water before the sun even comes up and being on the water when everything starts to awaken. Mm -hmm. When the birds start coming up and you hear their calls, you can just see the sun or the sky start to turn orange. Mm -hmm. The water is like a lake. And when you throw an artificial and you're bringing it in, it's kind of, oh, almost, it's like hum, 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 throw it out, bring it in, throw it out, bring it in, soft waves rippling. It's so calming. Mm. And then when the fish hits, bam, okay, <laughs> let's do this. And I'm an A-type personality, so it's like the adrenaline rushes. I got him, I got him. Oh, don't come off, don't come off. Yeah. Seriously, I say that. Don't come off, don't come off, don't come off. People are laughing around me. Pam, you know that's not going to make a difference. It makes a difference <laughs> to me. Don't come off. <laughs> Wow, that's that's an awesome description. Uh, you really just brought me in the moment. And I wished I was there. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like, and that's what I started for. And little by little, and it's still it's on my phone today. If you call me, and for some reason I can't pick up, it says, "Hi, your call is very important to me. Unfortunately, I'm on the other line right now." And I wasn't lying. I was on a fishing line. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, and it was it was great. And I tended to fish more and mortgage bank less. And the realtors that bothered me, I didn't return their calls at all. Mm. So my boss one day said, hey, hey, are you even like doing this anymore? And I go, oh, I'm in the Everglades. So not today. <laughs> <laughs> so you just kind of phased out. Yeah, it was great. I yeah. talked with my husband. It's probably the best thing I ever did. And I mean, our kids, we had show horses. So my daughter was ranked nationally. She did really well. We had Morgans and Saddlebred. Mm. And when she got into college and turned 18, she was no longer used. So I looked at her and I go, well, are you, you keeping the horse? It's you know, not my responsibility anymore. Mm -hmm. And she had a ride as an adult and she had a full you know, uh, thing with college and everything. Mm -hmm. She had a, a double major. So we ended up getting rid of the horses. All three kids were out of college. You know, house is almost paid off. My car is paid off. It's like I talked to my husband. I go, Do you have a problem if I don't earn this money anymore? He goes, no. He goes, you deserve it. Go have fun. He goes, just don't put us in debt. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to do when you're fishing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was also so blessed that uh, Mr. Lee came up to me with uh, Tampa Fishing Outfitters and said, hey, look, because I jokingly said, yeah, I'm looking for something part time, just kidding around. And two weeks he called me and said, I got a full-time place where you come. I went, okay. So now not, I get I get to fish all weekend, unless the weather was horrible like it was this weekend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, during the, and during the week, I talk fishing with everybody that comes in. So, I mean, could my life be more perfect? It sounds like you're living the dream. <laughs> exactly. It's awesome. Exactly. What a great retirement life, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's the other thing that was so funny is that people when they hear me or... Very rarely do you see my picture on any of my Instagram because, again, 
I'm in a kayak. I'm fishing by myself. I'm technologically challenged. I mean, my husband's a, a retired sports anchor. He could edit. He could do anything he wants. He chooses not to or doesn't find the time to. God, I hope he doesn't hear this. But <laughs> <laughs> So I do 99% of my photos and my little video clips are all from my phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to turn around and face it at me. I'm facing at the fish. When people meet me, they go, gee, we thought you were like in your 40s. Uh, no, thank you so much, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder, you know, I watch, uh, we talked earlier offline about Christine Fisher. I see her her social media and I'm like, who, does she have like a professional photographer that follows her around and takes all her pictures? <laughs> I was going to ask her that once yeah. and I thought, no, that would be very right. <laughs> I'll ask I couldn't her. do that. Yeah, you ask her. I, I can't. I can't. No, she's an amazing, amazing angler. I'm so excited for her. And for the first time in history, you have two women going to Hobie World from the United States. She's coming from the freshwater division, and I'm coming from the saltwater division. That's amazing. That is that is outstanding. And the amount of, and, and, and I'm not picking on anybody, so please no one take it that way. But the amount of gentlemen we had to rank in front of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the statistically, the chances of that happening are like one in a bazillion. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, we're both very excited about that. It's it's great to see. And, you know, we've we've come a long ways over the, the past few years and uh, women like you kind of blazing the trail for for others i think it's just gonna i hope it's just gonna continue to to grow and and explode well it, it's given me a lot of opportunity uh, i saw a friend of mine go offshore fishing and i go oh i'm gonna do that that looked like fun and somebody goes have you ever done it before no so i'm, I'm going so uh i was lucky enough to uh there's a guy down in south florida uh, brian nelly so i went out with him just to make sure I felt good. And also my buddy who lived here in St. Pete, um, Derek uh, Benton, just to make sure my knots were okay. I felt comfortable. I didn't feel too tippy and the whole bit. And it's just go. And I ended up the first person in tournament history to catch more than one sailfish in the tournament as the first person to double up. So that was pretty exciting. I can't imagine catching a sailfish from a kayak. <laughs> What's that oh, experience it's, like? It, it's like probably my favorite fish to catch in, in yeah. the kayak out of everything. Yeah. I love it. And out of all the sailfish I've caught, no two have ever been alike. Mm. It's, it's, some have just done nothing but like high rocket jumps. Some have just taken off and given you a tow ride. Uh, some have done a combination of two. Uh, it, it it's so exciting, yeah. and your heart just bah, 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 oh, bah, you know. sure. <laughs> it's so exciting. Wow, it is adrenaline rush. It's so much fun. And what's so funny about it is with Christina. I mean, you're looking at the youth of America, mm-hmm. and with me, I only started fishing in 2015. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I've been seriously doing this all my life as a kid. You know, with the Zebco and mm-hmm. the cane pole. But like I said, I did for stress reduction. And uh, it just shows that there's no age limit or sex limit to fishing. Get out there and do it no matter your age. If, if you're not sure, you know, um, hire a guide. Be careful of the guides, though. Um, I always tell people, interview your guide before you actually go. Mm-hmm. Don't compare guides just by cost. 
since I fish artificials, I'm always looking for a guide that does fly fishing Mm. because that person knows how to pick apart an area because they're fly fishing and they know how to kind of what I call stalk the fish. But there's nothing wrong with just throwing bait out there and waiting for the fish to hit it. I mean, that's that can be a lot of fun, too. But I just like the stalking part of it. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Uh, I hadn't heard uh, or thought about looking for guides that that fly fish for that reason. Um, Do you do any fly fishing yourself or is it all conventional for you? You know who, who Lucy Arnaz is, right? I love yes. Lucy. Yes. Okay. I am. I love Lucy on the water. And yes, I have red hair. <laughs> um, I am extremely good at dock fishing. I'm probably the best in Tampa Bay at dock fishing. And, and I say that I challenge anybody to catch a bigger dock than I've caught. I've caught some beautiful <laughs> sailboats, a couple of engines. I mean, I'm really good at it. So that being said, trying to get all that line in my kayak and swing it around is, is, I feel chaos. Although I yeah. love tying, I love tying flies. Okay, I just fly fishing is is not my expertise. I'll stay with what I know. Yep, gotcha. That's that's kind of where I stand with it as well. I've tried it a couple times, and I I good at uh, trying to get better at just the conventional fishing for now. <laughs> yeah, I mean the movement of it. It's so rigmat. Rigmatic, mm-hmm. however you say that word, that it, it's beautiful. It's just like it, it's watching. It's like equestrian, watching my daughter ride the perfect ride, the horse prance. You know, it's just it's magical. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not me. I am. I love Lucy. I'll be falling off the front of the boat. I'll be wrapping it up in another rod. <laughs> you know, a, around the front of the boat. You know, the yeah. pedal system. Yeah, no. no that, <laughs> yeah. Although I know people who do it, there's a lot of guys out there who can fly fish and do fly fish from the kayak. Mm-hmm. It's just personally, it, it's a little more aggravating. And like I said, I, I use it for stress reduction. Right. I don't use, I don't want to do anything that's going to aggravate. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Counterproductive there. Um, so that being said, have you had any kind of harrowing experiences while you've been offshore in the kayak? Oh, yeah. I flipped that kayak. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. um, Basically, I think fishing offshore in a kayak is easier to land a fish than if you're in a boat. I'm Mm -hmm. tall. I'm about Mm 5'10". So the sides of the boat hit the sides of my legs, you know, not up by your hips where you can get balance. And with the boat rocking, so you're trying to balance yourself with the boat rocking. You're standing up. You can't really lean on the side of the boat to get, you know, a little leverage from the side of the boat. And the fish is pulling you mm-hmm. and the boat's and the boat's stationary. All right. So you really are working to get that fish in. Mm-hmm. Now transition into the kayak. I'm in the kayak. I'm sitting back. I have lumbar support. I have my feet braced in front of me. And if I keep that fish at 45 on either side, you know, basically directly out or in front of me and not behind me, mm-hmm. then I have the perfect captain's, ta- captain's chair. Mm. Plus, the fish is going to get worn out dragging the kayak behind them. It's kind of think of that scene of Jaws where they put all the um, drums on, you know, attached it to the fish to try to keep the fish up and wear them down. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, my kayak's a big drum. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I did uh, get a leak in my boat and uh, it was particularly, um, how do I want to say, the water conditions weren't particularly the best Mm -hmm. or the weather conditions. So coming back in, I did radio them about every 
five or 10 minutes, letting them know that I was taking on water, that I was on my way back in, I was safe at the time. And then this was in Pompano, in a great big giant cruiser, one of those multi-million dollar ones Mm -hmm. came flying by. Mm -hmm. And the wake had to be about four or five feet, which is no big deal usually, except I'm now the inside of my boat is full of water. Mm -hmm. So I leaned into the wake, okay, literally almost touched my shoulder. And uh, when the boat went up, it just kept going up. All the water inside the boat went to the lowest part and the boat just nicely rolled. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, so I read it and I go, okay, guys, do you see that big cruiser that went by? And they go, yes. You know, and there was a little fall language from a couple of the guys. Uh-huh. And I said, well, it rolled me. What? But uh, those tournaments all have help boats. So I had somebody there within a minute or two. Mm. You know, since I had... Um, radioed my position every time they knew exactly where I was mm-hmm. so it was you know it wasn't it wasn't scary scary I think the scariest for me and I just keep going and I think I feel like that little engine who could is when you're launching into breakers mm. that's like the second scariest you just you know you just go you get up speed and you go you go into the wave if the waves coming at an angle you need to go out in an angle and not straight most people when i tell them go straight into the wave they think go straight off the beach no like from surfing straight into the wave and i was a surfer as a kid so yeah. i always look for the um the we used to the undertow mm-hmm. you know um where the water's rushing back out because usually the waves are going to lay down a little bit and that water's going to shoot you out so I literally was standing on the beach, even if I'm the last one launching, waiting for that undertow to get to catch up to where we are and then launch. And then the really scariest is coming back in when you have breakers behind you yeah. and, or they're breaking on the back of you. And there's an easy way out of that that I learned uh, in Panama when I was fishing down there in the kayak. Oh, that's a great place. Los Buscos. <laughs> but anyhow... Right before the breakers, right before they start to break, and you can you know where that is, jump out of your kayak and hold on to the back of it. You're mm. going to act as a windsock, okay? You'll keep the nose forward, and because of your weight, especially my weight, in the water, you're going to keep the back of the kayak, you know, back by the waves. And it's, it's real easy to go in, and it just kind of floats you in. Mm. So that there's a, a little a little example for people. But... The one thing that I think people don't do is they don't wear their life preservers enough. And Mm -hmm. I'm talking even in three feet of water Mm -hmm. and tie down your tackle. There's so many different types of uh, gear that you can use to uh, attach your rods and reels to your kayak. So should you roll or flip or accidentally drop them, you can, you know, pull them back in and and not lose a thousand dollars worth of gear. Mm Great, great advice. Yeah, that was that was one of my biggest fears when when I did do that uh, kayak fishing adventure out of La Jolla Beach was uh, coming back in. When we went out, the waves weren't very big, so it wasn't wasn't a big deal at all. But as we were out there fishing, the you know it started the seas. I could see the seas starting to get bigger, you know, and we were we were moving a lot more and stuff. And I was, I was envisioning what the beach might look like when we're coming back in. And thankfully it wasn't as bad as I was imagining in my head, but I, I, me being totally <laughs> unexperienced, you know, I was like, I don't know. I'm, I know I'm going to flip coming back in. <laughs> well, you, when my kids were growing up, I used to, and they'd say, mom, what should I do? 
you know, I would never answer them with a straight answer. And that used to really tick them off. I'd say, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, can you live with the worst thing and be prepared Mm -hmm. for it? Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking and I see breakers, I go, okay, I have a percent chance here that I'm coming in. And for some reason, my rudder gets turned and I make a sharp turn and the wave flips me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have that potential. So I check, make sure everything's tied down, you know, strapped in. Um, And the worst thing that can happen is I flip. (laughs) I'm prepared. But if you're prepared for it, it's not as scary. Right. You know, it's if you're prepared, it's not as scary. And you should do that. I mean, do it in a pool. Do it and, you know, sit in your kayak and try to flip it in short and shallow water and then get back in without touching the bottom. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of aids. There's uh, floats that you can put onto your kayak paddle. Uh, there's uh, like a rope type thing that you can use. That's like a step. Uh, the back of mine, I have a native Sl- Slayer Max and I love it. The back is squared off and it has two handles mm-hmm. in the back. So I can flip up there like a walrus. And it is, I look like a walrus <laughs> flipping up there and just pull myself up without really any problem at all. I usually run with a flag back there, especially offshore, always offshore. I have a really tall flag back there to Mm -hmm. try to be seen. Mm -hmm. You know, all I have to do, it takes two seconds to unclapse that and lay it down. And then I have that whole bed right there to flip onto and can easily make my way back up to my seat. So, yeah. So, so you starting getting into this kind of later in life and learning so much and, and achieving so much in a, in a short amount of time, what, what's your biggest advice to, to kind of, um, shorten the, the learning curve? Well, the truth of the matter, if you want to shorten the learning curve, and I've done this in new areas that I've never fished before, one, either hook up with somebody who's fished that area and knows it well and is willing to bring you along or save your money and hire a guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first started, I would hire a guide like quarterly and if I was going to different places. And the other thing I do with a guide is I make them fish with me. I will mm-hmm. not fish with a captain who won't fish with me mm-hmm. because if I'm not catching fish, I don't know if it's my technique or the lure or whatever. If the two of us are fishing and he or she's catching fish and I'm not, I know it's me. Mm-hmm. So then I start asking, I watch what lures they're throwing. I watch their cadence, how they move them. I'll ask, well, why did you throw it? Especially when I was beginning to to fish, why did you throw it there and not there? Why did you ask questions? And I think women are so much better than that. Men will go, yeah, I, I do. Mm-hmm. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about me. I'm good. Me, I'm like, well, why did you use that bait over this bait? Especially when I started. You know, we're in tannic water. Why are you choosing that color? I mean, I know I drove people nuts. And I apologize to all the captains that I drove nuts. <laughs> but you're paying good money. Right. And like I said, interview your captain. So I, I think that is going to give you a head start. Uh, when I wanted to learn a particular lure or a particular technique, I only took that lure out the whole day. I only used that one lure. And yeah, there were days I didn't catch anything. But by the end of day one or two, I could make that lure do anything I wanted that lure to do. Mm-hmm. And I learned where to use it, where not to use it, when it was most effective in a particular area I was fishing in. So put time into it. You know, that's part of it. Put time into it. Mm -hmm. And once the only reason that I won the Fallen Tide tournament in Louisiana 
is that um, we called it the unicorn. The fish that was the hardest to catch out there was a big flounder. You had to catch a flounder, a trout, and a um, redfish. So the, I was catching trout all over the place. That wasn't a problem for me. And the redfish, well, that's a long story. It was a little, it was a little tougher because it was blowing like this weekend, 22 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And you had to get your popping cork up between reeds. But that's, that's an I Love Lucy story. <laughs> uh, seriously. So Clark went one way. The, the shrimp went the other. A few, uh, a few choice words came out of my mouth. But anyhow, at the very end, um, I found a creek where we had pre-fished and saw a big flounder. We knew there were big flounder in there. And I'm like, I'm cold. I'm wet. Um, I told the guys, uh, and they're like 30 and 40 something, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. So I told them, I said, you know, I said, go fish the creek. I'm going to, you know, grab a little something to eat here. It was like maybe 10 or 11 o'clock. And they came back out and they said, well, we couldn't find anything. We're all, the three of us are going back up to another creek because we kind of buddy fished that tournament. I said, sure, go ahead. I'm like, I'm going to have an energy drink. I'm going to have my lunch. The sun finally came out. The banks were high enough that it protected me from the wind. I mean, I'd already had to get out of my kayak and push it through the mud. So I had mud Mm. up to my knees. So, and and I thought to myself, I paid to come here. But anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just sitting there and I'm I'm eating. I still remember a tangerine. And I looked at this little creek thing and I go, you know what? I was in Jacksonville and I fished with Linnea and Jeff Aldman and we fished in a creek that looked just like this for flounder. And I said, let me see if I have some gold and some, that jig head, that DOA jig head. So I'm going through my stuff. I find it. My gulp is too big. I cut it in half, put it on the little jig head, paddle myself over there. First throw, nothing. Second throw, stump. And it starts fighting backwards. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a big trout. I'm thinking to myself, I may have big trout. Oh, that would be so cool if I won big trout in this (laughs) tournament, you know. It's 170 entries. That would be so cool because that part of Louisiana is not known for big trout. Mm -hmm. So it gets to the surface. It is a monster flounder. Oh, wow. I went, then I started singing, don't come off, don't come off, don't come off. (laughs) I finally got him. I finally got him in the net. And I sang a little praise song just to calm me down because now my adrenaline is going a thousand miles an hour. I just had an energy drink and I got this adrenaline rush, right? Just then the three of them come back around the corner and I'm singing, you know, thank you God for this or whatever. And they're like, what, Pam, you're singing hymns to try to get fish? I couldn't even talk. I just pointed to my net and they're like, oh my gosh, she got the unicorn. It was a 17-inch flounder. Wow. And for that area, that was a monster. The next biggest flounder, I think, was only 14 and a half inches. Oh, wow. So that was pretty cool. That's and awesome. sometimes, sometimes I am so naive. And the guys are like, they, I, I get the picture, get it up and everything. And all of a sudden, my phone goes bling, bling, bling. And I get texts from all my buddies or people that I know out there like, how did you do that? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm so naive. So I'm telling them. I'm telling them how I caught it, right? right. I don't care. It's, you know, friends of mine, I, I still don't think anything. I mean, yeah, I got a really nice redfish, a decent trout. And, you know, I knew that this was good. So I figured, ooh, maybe I'll make like top lady angler. I just maybe will get that. That would be so cool. And all of a sudden, uh, Joe Kamati comes around the corner and he's like, bam, you're on top of the leaderboard. Goes, Excuse me? How do you know that? He goes, come on, Tourney X has a leaderboard. Well, I knew that, but I didn't think of it. And I don't watch uh-huh. the leaderboard. It makes me nervous. 
So, um, yeah, I got real lucky and um, was blessed and won that tournament. Not only it was so funny. I think I don't know if the guy was the first woman ever to win that tournament. That tournament's been running for 17 years. But I don't know if those guys in Louisiana were more. I mean, they were very, very sweet. Uh, that's that Bayou Club is probably the best club I ever fished out of. They are, they're really. They even gave you tips on how to catch flounder the night before. Mm. But anyhow, not only did I, I won the ladies' division, but then I won senior division. I think that ticked off a couple of the guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then the overall tournament, which gave wow. me the trip to Holy World. So that was right. pretty exciting. But kayaks got me all over the world. I won an entry where I represented uh, the United States at a tournament in China, kayak tournament in China. I've gone to uh, Costa Rica. I ended up third there in an offshore tournament. I fished Panama. I mean, I got a 45-pound cabera there and a rooster fish out of the kayak. So kayak fishing has really opened a lot of doors for me that a mortgage banker would not have walked through. (laughs) Right, for sure. That's that's such a great story and so inspirational and uh, just just absolutely amazing to to see and hear about all you've been able to accomplish since you've been on this journey. Um, I feel like I could talk to you all day (laughs) because you're just just a wealth of knowledge. Um, but I do want to touch on real quick. I know, um, just from doing some research that you're, uh, you're a bit of a a topwater junkie, which is, uh, one of my favorite ways to catch fish. Um, just talk a little bit about why you love topwater so much. I am. You you hit the <laughs> nail right there. I am. I'm addicted to the topwater bite. Um, I, how did I start? It's just, I first of all, I use a rod that has a very, very soft tip, mm-hmm. okay, with a really good backbone. One of my favorites to try to teach people when they're trying to learn topwater is the Hedden Spook Jr. Mm-hmm. And Hedden's been around since 1879, I think. So it's an old school lure, but it is without a doubt the easiest topwater lure to throw. The second would be the Rapala Skitterwalker. Mm. Those two are the two easiest. And I don't watch it. That's the trick. Especially, okay, I'm targeting with topwater, I'm targeting big redfish. And I'll sometimes even throw the one knocker, which is really big. And I don't go for quantity. I'm always looking for quality. I would take one 27-inch redfish over 2015-inch redfish mm-hmm. any day of the you know the week. And it's you're gonna laugh at this. I just I love the excitement of it. It's like I've seen different topwaters where you can see the fish come charging at it, almost like a dolphin coming at you, or out of nowhere they'll pop it, jump out after it, and pop it and take it. But I try not to watch it. When I'm throwing my top water and bringing it back in, I keep a certain cadence. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, I'll sing a song. Okay, laugh. I was on swim team as a kid. That's what you did to keep your stroke together. Mm -hmm. And whatever, I'll slow it down for redfish, speed it up for snook, and speed it up again for trout. But it goes like, dun, 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 dun. Okay, there you go. There's the cadence. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and you, you sing that song faster or slower, depending on what you want to do. But I try, like I said, I try not to watch it because nine times out of 10, people who watch your top water and see the fish hit it will try to set the hook. Uh-huh. And if you have a good rod, okay, and your rod is so important on the top water bite, bite 
If you have a good rod, that rod will set the hook for you when the fish goes back under. Just the energy of the tip coming back up and the fish turning. All you have to do is take your rod, take it to your side, and like you would a circle hook, and just reel in. And the, the fish will hook itself. Um, people have told me they I have an unbelievable um, catch-to-bite ratio. Mm-hmm. Uh, they usually say the top water is the least ratio. Mm-hmm. Uh, my success rate is extremely high because of that. Mm-hmm. Second he hits, tip down to the side and start reeling tight in the line. You know, once I know he's on, I might do a little extra, a little jerk just to make sure the hook is set. Mm-hmm. But that's how I do it. Wow. If, and I try, like I said, I'll be looking around when I'm doing the top water because you can hear it and you can feel it, especially the spook. It goes as it comes mm-hmm. along. And I'm watching the water to see if I see um, bait fish moving, if I see anything that looks unusual, a swirl, uh, where the birds are gathering, because that's where, you know, my predator fish are going to end up being. So, yeah. And then once it hits, that's such a fun fight. Just the explosion on when they hit that top water. Um, I got a big snook the other day and it was just a friend of mine, Barbara. Mm -hmm. And the snook came out of the water. I swear, I thought it was a bad me. I'm sorry. I thought it was a tarpon at first. It came flying out of the water and then hit the water and it like nothing. I thought, oh, he spat the hook. And I looked at Barbara. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? And she started laughing. She goes, yeah, I saw it. I go, okay, I want a witness. (laughs) And then all of a sudden the line comes flying in front of me. I go, oh my gosh, she's still on. (laughs) And that was great. That was like a 39-inch snook. You know, but that was, it's just that kind of excitement. I mean, how can you not love that? Yeah. That is so cool. But yeah, that's why I love the topwater. It's one of the easiest lures to teach. I think paddle tail or the freshwater guys call it a swim bait. Mm -hmm. I think that is probably the absolute easiest. And when I'm with um, a young person, that's the first lure that I'm going to have them toss. So let me usually have them toss it at ladyfish because those are so much Mm -hmm. fun for kids to catch. And Jack, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll hit anything. So um, that's probably your easiest lure, but yeah, top water. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I just, I will, I will. And people say you can't throw the top water in the afternoon or, or at, you know, at noon. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Don't throw it then because I'll be right behind you catching fish, throwing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a common misconception that it's only good in the morning. My first ever top water catch was in the, the afternoon and uh, it was just one of those deals where I was like I am gonna catch a fish on a topwater lure because I've never done it and 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 this is freshwater bass fishing but Ah. I was just out there and I I just threw I think it was it wasn't a spook it was a popper and um and I I'm like I was just determined I'm like I'm gonna keep casting this thing and bringing it back in until I catch one and I finally did and that was just such a thrill <laughs> to I was Good watching it um I don't know maybe it's different with bass on setting the hook top water or not I'm not sure yeah. but um yeah I was watching I saw that fish just came up out of nowhere scared the crap out of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I was I was quote-unquote hooked on top water at that point so <laughs> that is i would ra- i would rather throw top water than just about anything else mm-hmm. and yeah redfish are a little different because they have a big overbite my bass have like kind of that rounded mouth and a really hard mouth mm-hmm. so it's a little different on you know the technique to set the hook for each of the fish mm-hmm. 
But yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> I just, I, I just love the thump. Yes. Yeah, you know, thump. Yes. All of a sudden, your lure stops. Thump. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I turn into that five-year-old. Oh, oh, oh! It's Christmas morning. It's great. We, we live for it. I love it. Um, it's so much yeah. fun. Yeah. So, how do you pick and choose what uh, tournaments you fish? Um, I used to, and it's a shame it's not here anymore. Is I fish the IFA. That was for saltwater. That was the Inshore Fishing Association. And it was sponsored by a, at that time, a big um, rod and reel company, mm-hmm. uh, international rod and reel company uh, and baits. And it was sponsored by a big box store. And uh, both of those decided that they wanted to back out and just basically do freshwater. And it was also sponsored by a kayak which now has a trail of a kayak company, which developed their own trail. Mm -hmm. So they have their own trail. So all of them kind of dropped out and left them high and dry. But that was a safe place to learn to fish. I had to fish different areas and I did it as a, by a joke, somebody challenged me and went, okay, I'll go, (laughs) you know? And um, I, I mean, I, I learned how to fish Jacksonville. I learned how to fish the lagoon how to fish down in one of my favorite places is the Cape Coral and Matt Lachey area. Mm-hmm. I love that area love too. Um, that Pine Island down there, Bokia. That's just, it's beautiful, beautiful down there. Mm-hmm. Sarasota. And my new, one of my new favorite places is Stenhatchee. You know, that's a great place up near the big bend area of Florida, which is on the East coast. Mm-hmm. And you run into people. I mean, I've met some of my best friends now on the IFA that I, I went and trade for the world and you know like Linnea she's my sister from another mother mm-hmm. you know it's just it just taught me so much and it gave you kind of a protected and there was two tournaments in each place every year with the IFA and since it went away I'll be honest it's a lot harder to find you know good tournaments there's some online but an online tournament isn't the same mm-hmm. as you going out there, seeing people at the, you know, at the captain's meeting mm-hmm. and, and cheering them on and them cheering you on. It, it, it's a whole different thing. It's like zoom zooming at Thanksgiving instead of getting together at Thanksgiving. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. You know? yeah. yeah. So it, it's a lot harder. Uh, I look, now I look for adventure. Uh, to be honest, I'm looking for tournaments. Mm-hmm. I dabbled a little bit in, like I said, in bass because Native has a big bass tournament coming up in the Queen City area. Uh, and that's one of my sponsors, mm-hmm. Native Watercraft. So I want—I didn't want to be the girl who didn't catch anything. <laughs> right. So that's why I went this weekend to Kissimmee and just one of the couple of the guys were practicing and I just kind of, or pre-fishing, and I just kind of tagged along behind them. Joe was amazing. He, and it's like, okay, this is what you look for. This is what you look for. This is what bait you use in this situation. I mean, mm-hmm. he was freaking amazing. I missed a chance of uh, getting to fish with uh, Christina, but, you know, that happens. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll, I'll catch with catch up with her another time because yeah. she's such a wealth of information. Absolutely. Yeah, I've missed an opportunity as well. Unfortunately, when I was uh, down there, I got the the dreaded covid positive oh, test no. so we had to quarantine and i wasn't able to i luckily didn't have hardly any symptoms at all but um i didn't get to to fish with her because i was messaging with her i'm like i gotta figure out how to fish for this freshwater florida bass and this, this crazy 
crazy, all this grass down here. I'm just not used to it, you know, and I was, I'm sure I would have learned a lot <laughs> if yeah. we'd gotten a yeah. chance, but we'll, we'll, we'll get it at some point. So yeah. when the time is right, but what, what do you, what do you have coming up then this in the next few months? Oh, I've got, there's a local charity tournament here and I target, I target tournaments that are, um, except for offshore, because you have to weigh those in. I target non-kill tournaments. Mm -hmm. Tournaments were, we call them CPR, catch, photograph, release. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there's no real way. I mean, you can kind of keep a fish alive in a kayak, but then to get it to wherever the weigh-in is, we don't have the big live wells that the boats have Mm -hmm. and things like that. And um, so, like I said, I target CPR tournaments, which there's less of those, and there are weigh-in tournaments. Um, there's not as many kayak tournaments anymore. So definitely I'm entering tournaments that are basically boat tournaments. That makes it a little tougher too, because the, the, the good thing about a kayak is it, te- it makes you learn an area. You can't just get up on your pretty speedy, flashy boat and go flying away <laughs> to another spot. I mean, you're pretty much stuck there. So if you pick that location, unless you go back, load your boat up and go to another launch, you're pretty much stuck in the location that you pick. So you learn every single nook and cranny of that area. You really pull it apart. And it, it's very intense fishing as opposed to just hitting all the points and moving mm-hmm. on. So every crack and crevice, you know, you become <laughs> intimately <Yeah>. aware of. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So when I'm picking it and the next one's coming up, like I said, I've got one. Let's see, the end of April is the one in, um, is the bass tournament up in Queen Cities. I have a local one here, which is a charity tournament for uh, fallen officers, and that's April 2nd. Um, March, I know there's something in March, but I don't have my calendar open, mm. so I apologize oh, no to you. Yeah. I'm not really sure what that is. So if any of y'all have any ideas on what I should fish or where I okay. should should fish um please message me i you know i'm excited i want to try stuff that's new i want to go back out uh to um texas again i'd love i'm not texas but louisiana i've never fished i want to do that i do have the world maybe this year i don't know hobie world hasn't gotten back to us to know if they're going to do it this year or next year coven issues okay but um and then i've got in june one of my absolute favorite tournaments oh my gosh this is such a fun tournament it's called the goat tournament and it's in navarra navarra is right next just east of um like pensacola gulf breezes and what that city has done is they've dropped artificial reefs within two miles of the shore and unlike the west coast of florida where you have you go the joke is you go a foot a mile Meaning if you want to be in 20 feet of water, you almost have to go out 20 <laughs> feet or 20, 20 miles. Yeah. In in Navarra, within two miles, you're in 65 feet of water. So that's very, very doable for a kayak. Extremely doable. Right. And I have caught the biggest red snapper out there on my mm. kayak. And I want to tell you, that is such a blast. That is so much fun. And the people out there are amazing. There's a club out there. You can look up. I think it's Navarra on Facebook and just say, hey, if you're thinking of coming out there, they're very cool about trying to set somebody up to fish with you because 
I'm old school and I don't think, I don't care how good you are. You shouldn't really fish by yourself mm-hmm. offshore. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. There's mom's little speech, <laughs> but um, they'll try to set you up with somebody if they can. So you have a buddy to fish mm-hmm. with that, you know, kind of knows that area too. Right. Um, all the reefs are online. You can download them into your uh, fish finder. So, you know, you have all the coordinates of all the reefs and just go. It was so much Fun. Uh, it's it's my favorite tournament out of the whole year. Sounds like Hands a blast. Down. And those those giant red snapper, they to me they look like prehistoric. Like uh, I don't know, there's just something about the the real big ones that it's yeah. so cool. And they're such a good fight too. Yeah. It's like it's out of nowhere. You're like jig jig. jig. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> the first time, the first time that happened, all the guys are laughing at me. I'm like, oh my god! I think I got them on. They're like, yeah, we think so. <laughs> so cool. But there again, uh, seriously, that's the cool thing about fishing. It always makes me feel like a fiver. Like, and I'm like, oh, did you see that? <laughs> uh, you've got me fired up. I want to go out right now. <laughs> I know. Me too. Except it's like I was gonna like. <laughs> 50 degrees out there blowing. Yeah, that's... So I'm, I, there's two, tur- like I said, there's two tournaments I should have fished this weekend and I didn't fish either. One is the sailfish down in Pompano because they just moved it to today from yesterday because yesterday was a uh, small craft mm. morning. I mean, 30 degrees and blowing 22 oh. miles an hour. <laughs> but I wish them all luck. I hope they all do well and they're safe out there. And then the second part of the that um, Christina fish mm-hmm. is the uh, Kissemi area. Yep. So, I'm um, good luck and tight lines to all of them out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, how, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Okay. And they're either Pamela K. Wirt, and it's W I R T H. My husband spells it wrong. <laughs> and I answer just about every question. And my Instagram is basically the same thing. It might just be Pam Wirt, okay. W I R T H. Um, message me just, you know, if you have a general question, I do my best to answer every single person's question. The only question I don't answer is where exactly are you fishing? You know, <laughs> yeah. in the, you're going to get that answer in the water unless it's a kid. And I know it's a little kid, you yeah. know, then I'm a little more patient, but I mean, I fit, I'm not a guide. I am not a guide. I can give you the name of a bunch of guides because mm-hmm. it makes me too nervous to try to put somebody on fish. <laughs> but I would love, I love fishing with different people. Okay. So uh, if you're in an area, I would love to fish with you. Just tell me where you're fishing, when you're fishing, and why you chose that area. Gotcha. Awesome. Because I've had people go, yeah, come on, we're going to go to so-and-so. And I go, well, did you look at the tide? No. They, they look at the tide and they tell me back and I go, so it's a negative low tide. So there's not going to be any water there and it's going to be blowing out of the north at 15 and you want to fish the south side, which means the wind's going to be hitting you straight in the face. I said, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to help teach people on their own how to find fishing spots. Mm-hmm. You know, they have that salt strong group yep. that basically kind of does the same thing. But um, it, it, a lot of it's common sense and once you think of it you go oh my god i shouldn't have known that you know <laughs> if, if the wind's blowing out of the north you don't want to fish on a south shore it's just going to be smashing into you right. yeah but cool. i'm talking salt water lakes i i don't know that much so i'm going to tell you that straight mm-hmm. off i don't know that much do you know what i'd love to target what's that pike and walleye oh, 
that's now you're speaking my language. Uh, walleye is my favorite. I have a special place in my heart for the toothy critters, <laughs> the toothy fish. I have, I have never caught either. So that is on my bucket list, maybe for this spring, if I can find an area and find somebody oh. that's so, so keep me in mind. If you hear about a trip I or will. something like that, I will. That's, I've, that's what I want to do. One of my favorites is I've gotten to do this a few times now is to go up to Lake Erie out of uh, Port Clinton, Ohio with this uh, Captain Mark. And I mean, you want to catch walleye, you're going to catch some walleye <laughs> and smallmouth too, which those smallmouth are amazing to catch because they, I don't know if you've ever caught smallmouth bass, but they fight. They're one of the best fighters. And um, I don't know what it is about the Lake Erie smallmouth, but every time I've caught one, it seems like they do the same thing. They, they, they hit, they jump up out of the water and then they dive right back down and then the fight is on. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> That sounds exciting. Okay, yeah. you need to plan. You need to plan that trip and let me know. I will. Just don't do it the weekend, the week of July nineteenth, because my son is getting married in Scotland. Oh, gotcha. So that week's okay. out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll reach out to him. Maybe we can line something up. That would be a blast. That would be so much. Yeah. Fun. All right. As long as you're okay with a five year old on the boat. <laughs> I yeah, no problems with me. <laughs> Very cool. All right. right, Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's one of my favorite, uh, favorite interviews, I think, so far. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. Oh, you were great. Well, thank you. And I I look forward to uh, seeing you in person, actually getting to spend a little bit of time with you. That would be awesome. Maybe fish together and maybe we can line up that, that Lake Erie trip. That would be great. Keep in touch. Thank you so much for this opportunity. You're very kind.